Welcome to Gimme Some Truth. I'm Kevin Castro, your podcast producer, and your co-hosts are Clint Walkner and Nate Condon, the co-owners and financial advisors at Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. This is a podcast series dedicated to illuminate some of the darkness around fees, conflicts of interest, and the motivation behind recommendations in the financial planning industry. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth, where today we're going to discuss health savings accounts, better known as HSAs. Came across a very good article with Think Advisor. We'll link to that article. Uh, the article was entitled, Is the HSA the Ideal Retirement Savings Vehicle? So, Nate, in a couple words or less, is the HSA the ideal retirement savings vehicle? Wow, it's under the gun right off the bat. Uh, I don't think that that um, anybody uh, that, that doesn't know the ins and outs of HSA would answer that as, yes, they are the retirement ideal retirement savings vehicle, but the more people learn about them and the more we see the, the versatility and the tax benefits, uh, more people are coming on board as saying they are, and in some cases even better than the more traditional 401k, IRA uh, accounts that we commonly know. So it's it's quickly becoming, um, if not the ideal savings vehicle, uh, pretty darn close. That's right. Well, they said in the article that the average 65-year-old couple is facing a lifetime total of over a quarter of a million dollars worth of premiums, prescription drugs, and medical bills. So regardless, you're going to face these costs and you've got to set aside some money for them. So, you know, back in the day, we just had IRAs and 401ks to save. And since the advent of HSAs, it's become an increasingly larger percentage of uh, savings vehicles uh, for people that have to save money long term. So uh, some of the things about HSAs, first of all, Nate, uh, in order to save in an HSA, what do you need? Well, you need a high deductible plan, and that, in, in unfortunately, for some people, makes HSAs not available or, or not an option. Uh, but that's not uncommon when it comes to the different savings vehicles that we have. Four hundred one ks have restrictions, IRAs have restrictions, and so this is just you know one restriction of an HSA. Uh, so it, it is not for everybody, but at the same time, we shouldn't just assume that it's not available to us. Uh, some employer plans offer now um, different choices, whether you can go with an HMO or you can go with a high deductible plan. The high deductible plan, in our argument, may be more beneficial to you, whereas a lot of people just defer to the uh, HMO and, and assume that that's the best plan. Yeah, a lot of times I think that premiums for healthy people, premiums are sometimes wasted because if you only go to the doctor one or two times out of the year and you choose more of a full coverage type of plan, this is where we can really spend a lot of money on trying to cover ourselves fully. And instead of kind of doing the math and saying, hey, I'm, I'm more likely to only go into the doctor a couple times a year. Let me pay out of pocket for a couple of those uh, visits and then instead put that money to work for me in HSA dollars and also maybe save a little bit in premiums and put some more money in my pocket. So, you know, I think traditionally we all kind of defaulted to, hey, more coverage is better coverage, and that's what I need for my family. But you really need to run, you know, your the health of your family, your finances, your choices available to you. You need to start doing a little bit more analysis on that and run it by a trusted advisor to be able to see whether or not uh, one of those situations is better than the other. 
Yeah, I think unfortunately in the healthcare world, the days of uh, you know a five dollar copay and uh, uh, you know one hundred and fifty dollar family uh, monthly premium. Uh, those days are over, uh, and those days, uh, unfortunately, are, are not coming back. And so the the uh, the world has changed when it comes to how we pay for our health insurance, and it's it's frankly gotten scarier for people because you know just the word itself. I mean, when you hear high deductible plan, I mean, immediately that that causes some some fear in people's minds of, oh my gosh, this means I'm going to have a you know, $10,000 deductible and I can't afford that. So I'm going to have basically what, a, what amounts to no coverage. That's not necessarily what a high deductible plan means. Uh, so we need to kind of open our minds a little bit now because the world is forcing us to do that. Yeah. In uh, 2017, the minimum annual deductible for the high deductible plans is $1,300 for individuals, $2,600 for families. So, you know, if you want to select kind of that hybrid between okay, I don't want to pay a lot for my deductible, but I also want to be HSA eligible, then you might want to elect one of the plans with the lower deductible if you have that choice. Um, Some of them are more catastrophic in nature. So, you know, like you said, some of them will have $10,000 deductibles and you have to decide as a family, you know, what do you want to take? You know, some people can withstand a $10,000 hit to their financial budget because they have $50,000 in their emergency fund. Well, in that case, you know, maybe funding that HSA to that maximum and accepting that higher deductible plan, knowing that you're probably not going to spend up to your deductible in that year is a wise financial decision. So I think that we're seeing a lot more choice in being able to how to pay for things. Like, for example, uh, you know, this past year, I, I banged my knee uh, on the ground and we had a high deductible healthcare plan and uh, we have an HSA. And I banged my knee and I had to have an MRI. And so I called around and some of the institutions around here wanted to charge about 2,700 bucks for an MRI. I ended up going to Milwaukee and spend about 500 bucks on an MRI out of pocket. So, you know, there is some It was choice. a guy in a trailer in an alley, but I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the results were fine. I don't think it was a bad thing. It was, I mean, you had to pay cash. It, but. Was, it was printed out on microfiche, but you know, it was no big deal. Yeah. I, I think it was okay. I mean, somebody said I didn't have any knee problems, and I'm I'm okay now. But uh, yeah, yeah, they said I had arthritis in my knee and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe it's just like a scratchy, grainy film. That's a good point that Clint brings up, though. I mean, we 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 uh, we joke about it, but um, you know, the idea of shopping for procedures and things like that, I think, is is very very foreign to people, and I think it's foreign to people because for so long, for so many years, uh, with with the you know extensive coverage that people had. You know, if the doctor said you need A, B, and C, you just did A, B, and C. There was no, there was no questioning about it, and and we're not by any means suggesting that we you know question um, you know the advice you get from doctors. But what we are saying is that for a test and and a uh, kind of a garden variety test like an MRI, um, it doesn't have to happen exactly at the facility where you're at. And so um, let's get Kevin involved in here, the uh, fearless producer of Give Me Some Truth. Uh, Kevin, how old are you? Uh, 22. Kevin's 22. So you are, if, if you don't mind discussing, you are still under your parents' plan, correct? For I health am. insurance. Okay. That is correct. So you have that until what age? 26. Okay. What are you going to do on your 26th and first day birthday? Uh, go get health insurance. <laughs> Did I get well, he's mandated one? now to get health insurance. Did I get that right? one right? Right. See? Yeah. Okay. So Kevin's actually a good example here because, and, and, and we bring him up as, as, um, is an example for for a lot of the uh, the people involved in um, 
you know, making these decisions because uh, the, the 26 um, kind of year old mark is ingrained in, in um, kind of the, the health plans and, and the health um, coverage that we have in the United States as it sits right now. But what is what are these people going to do when they turn 26 in one day? And I think that that's the, the decision they have to make. And that's where I think HSA is going to have a huge impact for people. Yeah, I think you're going to start to see a lot more of those people going the direction of the high deductible health plan, knowing that Kevin will presumably be a healthy 26-year-old that won't need to go to the doctor very much. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, he does eat some questionable food from time to time. but uh, Which he know. claims is good. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Me being almost 41 years old, I can tell you that uh, my... Yeah, I used to think that that kind of food was good too until I realized that it really was terrible and it makes you feel awful. Did you ever think Easy Mac was good? I didn't have Easy Mac back in the day. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. My kids eat Easy Mac now and it's terrible. I mean, it really is. Although I will say the original mac and cheese when made properly with the powdered cheese stuff, that's good. Still not better than ramen though. Dude, ramen's terrible. Oh, it's not better than ramen. It's terrible. It's terrible. Kevin's taking us off course again. That's right. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty soon going to say peanut butter or jelly. I'm not even getting into that. So anyways, uh, let's get back to some HSAs and talking about kind of the high deductible health coverage and why HSAs are so good. Uh, with the HSA, contributions, growth, and withdrawals for qualified medical expenses are all tax-free. Unlike 401ks and IRAs, HSAs allow investors to withdraw at any time and then as long as they're being used for qualified health care expenses. So let's kind of go through what qualified health care expenses are. It's a lot of different things. It does not include your premiums, um, but it does include almost every healthcare-related cost like a retiree might pay. So, you know, if we're talking about retirees, medical, dental, vision expenses are good. Um, you can kind of fill those gaps by Medicare Part B. And even an offshoot of that, you know, they include things like chiropractic care, physical therapy, even some of the stuff that is not covered now on, on most, quote, normal plans or... or, or uh, um, kind of employer plans, uh, HSAs will allow you to get into more some, uh, uh, you know, more alternative uh, types of procedures and medicines. And that that's really, really encouraging. Well, exactly. And then being able to get your money out is relatively easy. I mean, now they have debit cards or credit cards that you can just swipe there. Um, you're supposed to keep track of, you know, what's HSA eligible and what's not to take out of it. Uh, but or you can just submit a receipt and then take out that distribution from the plan as well. All tax free. So it's, it's relatively easy to get your money out. Um, one thing to consider is whether or not you actually do want to take your money out of the plan. Um, you know, you have the ability to put money in and take it right back out and have all that tax free status, um, on that money. But you know, if you decide to pay a little bit out of pocket with kind of your after tax money and you let that HSA money grow, it can really be a good component to your retirement plan. So again, there's a lot of nuances to these plans. So you want to check with an advisor and kind of come up with a game plan. You know, it's not just as simple as, okay, well, I'm going to put money in my HSA and then I'm going to take it right back out that year. Uh, I think that, you know, I think we're all used to that with a lot of these flexible spending accounts or health reimbursement accounts that our employers have. And now with the advent of HSAs, it might be better off to use it more as a long-term savings vehicle and just a place to save and grow assets rather than have something that we use and kind of drain down every single year. Yeah, we can just take a second and kind of um, unpack that point a little bit. Um, the tax part first. So uh, we're not aware of any other um, investment vehicle or, or health-related vehicle that allows for 
um, preferential tax treatment on the money going in, preferential tax treatment on the growth, and then preferential tax treatment when the money comes out. That the triple tax benefit is is literally unheard of uh, outside the world of HSAs. So that that's one huge huge point. The second point is this money can be invested, and that's the reason why we talk about it being part of a financial plan because the money doesn't just have to sit in a savings account or in a, a company controlled. Uh, money market or, or, you know, holding account, the money can be invested in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, um, much the way IRA and 401k money can be invested. So the idea of saying, let's have this money sit in the account over longer periods of time is because if we can achieve a, you know, kind of more um, moderate style invested rate of return on our money, uh, the compounding effect on these on these health dollars can be massive, as opposed to say, an FSA, that does need to be drained by the end of every year, and HSA does not require that. Year over year over year, the money can stay in the account, uh, even throughout our lifetimes. We, we can pass away and have money in those accounts, um, and, and we don't lose that money. That's right. So there's a couple important things there. Uh, number one is that there aren't a ton of HSA custodians. So if you're doing stocks, bonds, um, you know, mutual fund investing, uh, the, the choices are a little bit more limited, although I would gather over the next five years, you're going to see that change a lot. Um, so a lot of places you definitely have to check at what sort of investment options are available. So some places might only have savings accounts available, paying next to nothing in interest and others will offer investment options. You want to consider about how long you're going to leave the money in the account. If you're going to do LASIK for yourself and you're going to put money away in your HSA and you're going to drain it in that year, you shouldn't be invested 100% in stocks. So, you know, you've got to be mindful of kind of your investment time frame and that goal for that money. Um, in general, I would say you probably would want to be a little bit more conservative than, say, your Roth IRAs because you don't know when you're going to drain that HSA account um, unless you have a whole pile of money sitting on the sidelines. So you've got to be a little bit more careful in assessing your risk tolerance. Uh, because you need that money to be there when those medical expenses arise and when you might end up having to drain the account. So if you fall on the ice in the winter, uh, you might, you know, you don't want to have to worry about that the stock market just went down by 30%. Yeah, then, and for these reasons, you can see why we're encouraging people to have these conversations with financial advisors. And, and if your financial advisor is not uh, talking to you about HSA-related accounts, uh, whether the advisor is able to provide the account or not is not really the, the, uh, um, the important component to this. Uh, if you're not starting to, to have conversations with your advisor about HSAs, um, you, you should question whether or not that advisor is, is providing the full uh, depth and breadth of advice that, uh, that we think is, is almost mandatory of advisors nowadays. That's right. I mean, healthcare is such a large portion of our retirement expenses. Um, so there's obviously the living expenses that are the number one, but close second are those healthcare related expenses. And every person in the entire country will face that. So we've got to address that. And if you've got some options and ability to save in some of more, some of these more tax protected areas, particularly for higher income earners, you need to take a look at HSAs. I mean, the maximums are not nearly as high as what a 401k would be. So, you know, they're 3,400 for individuals and 6,750 for families in 2017. And then anyone that's 55 and older get an extra grand to put in the account. So, I mean, it's not as much as like a 401k, which is 18,000 for people under 50, but it is a situation where we can fund some money into these accounts. And if we've got money on the sidelines, 
that are just sitting in savings and checking accounts, we need to uh, make sure that we repurpose some of these assets um, into more tax-protected places um, and look more long-term. So just reviewing some of the points that we've made today, you can see the, the need to have a higher-level conversation with people that are informed and educated about how these plans work. Um, we would strongly encourage um, the listeners of this podcast to not just run out and sign up for an HSA just because you may be eligible for one or because, you know, we recommend that uh, that it's a good idea for a lot of people. Our hope from the end of this podcast is that people will have a longer in-depth conversation about their own personal situation with their advisors and determine whether or not, A, it makes sense for them, or excuse me, whether or not they're eligible, one, two, whether or not if they are eligible, it makes sense for them. And then if they are eligible and it does make sense, then to what level should we fund these accounts? Yeah, and to what investment choices we should should select as well because, uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance to some of these plans and you want to select your own HSA custodian that you feel comfortable with. So a lot of times companies will kind of have, hey, this is the HSA custodian that we work with, but you have the ability to choose a different one if you want. Um, the company may kick in some money into the HSA and make it easier that way, but it might not be the right place for you to put your own personal contributions in. So there are some things to consider out there uh, when we fund these accounts. If you need more information, if you'd like our advice on whether or not an HSA makes sense for you, by all means, jump on our website, book an appointment, uh, or give us a call. You can email us as well if you just have a couple quick questions. Um, and you can also leave comments as well uh, for us if uh, you have additional uh, questions you think might be helpful for other listeners. So thanks a lot for listening, and we will look forward to talking to you soon. Advisory services are offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Wachner and Nate Condon are investment advisor representatives of Wachner Condon. Kevin Castro is an office manager and marketing communications specialist for Wachner Condon Financial Advisors. He is not registered, and his participation in this podcast is limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments he makes be construed as giving investment advice. Insurance products and services are offered through WC Insurance Services, LLC, Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, and WC Insurance Services, LLC, are affiliated companies. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Wachner Condon Financial Advisors LLC is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Wachner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not promise or guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see wachnercondon.com for additional disclosures.